All right, if you have your Bibles, if you can turn to Isaiah 54, 17. All right. We here, this is a church, and uh, we believe in the Bible, and uh, so we look at the Bible. So let's turn to the Bible. Is Isaiah 54, 17. All right. Why don't you read that with me? Uh, I have the ESV, uh, but you can just read in your own version. Read it nice and loud. Uh, I want you to read it from your own Bible, even if it's a different version. Read it from your own Bible. If you got the NIV, be proud. You got the NLT, be proud. But get yourself a copy of the ESV if you get a chance. Oh, no, that's all good. Okay, Isaiah 54, verse 17. Let's read that together. One, two, three. No weapon that is fashioned against you shall succeed, and you shall confute every tongue that rises against you in judgment. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and the vindication is from me, declares the Lord. Amen. Let me get the the mic turned out a little bit. All right, I want uh, every single one of y'all, I want you to memorize Isaiah 54, 17 this week. And do me a favor, I want you to memorize it in the New King James Version. Because it flows a little bit better. Okay. And so in the New King James it says, No weapon formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue which rises against you in judgment you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Everyone say that. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. I want you to memorize that verse this week. And uh, the Bible does not say, no weapon shall be formed against you. No, this passage is giving us good news and bad news. It says, no weapon formed against you. The bad news is, weapons will be formed against you. It, the, the, the Bible is telling us that the enemy is going to set up all kinds of weapons to attack us in our life. And those weapons may be in your face like anger or sexual temptation. Or they could be more covert like apathy or regret or futility. Such weapons, they are designed to interfere, delay or destroy our assignments and our relationships. 1 Peter 5.8 says, Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And truth be told, there are a lot of Christians that get devoured by the enemy. Let's just be real. A lot of Christians live defeated, defeated, devoured lives. Now, that's the bad news. There are weapons that are going to be formed against us. Now, the good news is, the Word of God is telling us in Isaiah 54, 17, that no no matter what those plans are, whether they're devised by men or by Satan, no matter what weapon is formed against you, they shall not succeed. They shall not prosper. Amen? Amen. Come on, amen? Amen. And I did this at Hillside. I want want y'all to receive it like this. All right, I want y'all to lift your hands right now. Everybody lift your hands. Come on, Levi. Lift your hands. Lift your hands, brother. 
Eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth. So does the pastor. Now, lift, lift, lift your eyes. I mean, lift your hands. I'm sorry. I want you to receive it. Say, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Oh, hallelujah. All right, put your hands down. Praise them. The New Testament tells us the same thing. Second Corinthians 2.14. It says, thanks be to God who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. Hallelujah. If we follow Jesus Christ, the word of God is promising us. If we follow our commander in chief and we got our eyes fixed on him, he will always lead us in victory. Amen. He will always lead us in triumphal procession. Or in other words, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. That's what the Word of God is telling us. And, and, and if you read the rest of Isaiah fifty four seventeen, it says, No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. What does that mean? This means that every tongue, every word, every accusation, every condemnation, every gossip, slander, prejudice, Everything that comes your way which rises against you in this type of judgment, you are to condemn it. You are to annihilate it. You are to cast it down. Obliterate it. Hallelujah. You shall condemn every word that rises against you in judgment. This is your heritage. And your righteousness is from God. Because we are clothed with the righteousness of Christ... There is no slander. There is no lie of the enemy that can stick with us. They don't, they're, they're, you, the only reason they may stick to your mind and your heart is because you let it. But the Word of God says there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. The only reason why you're living under oppression of the enemy's weapons is because you're just allowing him to do it. But today, hallelujah, I'm going to call the mighty warriors to rise up. I'm going to call the people of God to rise up to faith and start to cast down all the lies of the enemy. The promise is that he will always lead us in triumphal possession and that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. This is the promise, but we as Christians, we need to learn how to lay hold of this promise. We got to lay hold of it. This, and uh, a lot of people, a lot of Christians... They live in defeat and oppression. And they don't know how to defend against Satan and his weapons. And the reason why they don't know how to defend against the weapons of the enemy is because they're not aware of his weapons. They don't know what those weapons are. They pray very generous, general prayers. Christian jargon. A lot of Christian jargon. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I come against all the attacks of the enemy. Well, what attacks are you talking about? All of Satan's attacks. All right. I pray all of them gone. Okay. But what are we talking about here? What are we talking about? Second uh, Corinthians 2.11 says, Lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Second Corinthians 2.11 Lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. What the Word of God is saying here is, if you are ignorant of Satan's weapons, of his devices... He's going to take advantage of you. 
He's going to oppress you. He's going to attack you. He's going to make you feel like a nobody and make you believe you're a nobody. And guess what nobodies do? Nothing. Hallelujah. So, so what are some of the weapons that Satan throws at us? I'm going to just talk about one. I talked about three at Hillside, but uh, it, it was a little too much. It was kind of heavy. All right? Each one of the weapons is quite heavy. So I'm just going to talk about one today. And it's abandonment. Abandonment. Abandonment is when a person withdraws their presence and support from another person or organization. And the person doesn't follow through with their duty, commitment, responsibility, obligation. He or she breaks a commitment or covenant she has made. And the, you see, the enemy, he seduces people. Particularly those who are assigned to work with you. Or people that, are, that you've learned to love and trust over the years. The enemy seduces and targets them to abandon commitments. To walk away from relationships. And the end result is abandonment. And a lot of times when people abandon us, what do we think? We think, man, how could that person abandon me? And we hold all of the responsibility on that person. Whether we feel like they had a good reason or we have no idea why they abandoned us. But we put all the responsibility on that person. What I'm here to say today is, Satan sets up abandonment to wreck your soul. To keep you from your assignment. To keep you from reaching your potential. He sets up these weapons of abandonment. You know, um, when I was four years old, I was still in Korea living in Tegu. And my mom used to take me to the department store. And uh, I was a short little four-year-old. Of course, all the four-year-olds are short. but <laughs> And uh, she would take me to the department store and then I would hold tight to her skirt because I was one of those clingy babies. All right? And when I start looking away and I get distracted by something, my mom, just for kicks, she will pull her skirt away and go hide somewhere. And so I'm just holding on to her skirt, looking somewhere else, and all of a sudden she's gone. And I slowly make my way back. And she said, every time I turned around, <laughs> every single time I turned around, she said, I cried. She said she would do it like five times during the same trip. And I would cry every one of those five times. What was my mom doing? She was using abandonment to get a good laugh. But on a, serious, on a serious tip, abandonment, whether you get it as a child or as an adult, it has the power to cause great damage. I mean, oh, come on. Abandonment, abandonment will mess you up. It has the power to cause great emotional pain, financial hardship, spiritual misalignment, organizational chaos. You ever, you ever work, working in a workplace and somebody, you know, they signed a contract and they're there and they're committed and all of a sudden when things get real tough, they can't handle it, so they just peace out. And there's all this organizational chaos and you're left with all the work. Abandonment, man, it's, mess, it's, it's, it's messed up. Abandonment can be physical, psychological, and emotional. You know, some, you know, I love my wife. I love my wife. But, but sometimes she would, 
she would she she has this habit, this old habit that she's being renewed out of. Hallelujah. <laughs> but sometimes she would use emotional abandonment to kind of like punish me. But I'm not. I wasn't. I'm never really used to that in my life. So, so I would I would get all messed up and and like I'll do something wrong and I didn't know what I did wrong, but she wouldn't tell me. She would just like give me emotional abandonment. Anyway, that that's that's. Yeah, it's a sign of treatment. Yeah, and it used to mess me up, and you know, and she's and she's really been better with that. Hallelujah! Like you know, that's not that's not a good that's not a good thing. And the Lord is, and you know, Hallelujah! But you know, it could be on all these different levels. Abandonment. You know, Paul, Apostle Paul, he wrote in his letters. He wrote about ministerial abandonment. You know, you can be a mature, spirit-filled Christian and still experience abandonment, because Satan be setting up them weapons against you. Abandonment can be devastating. It can result in an inability to trust people. Come on now. And there are some people, you, you meet them, and it's like a wall. And you smile, and you open up, and you share, but there's like a wall. And you're like, hey, I ain't going to hurt you. I'm here to love on you. But there's just that wall. And no matter how many times you meet them, there's, there's that wall. Why? Because at one point, they were abandoned. And the damage of that abandonment caused them to put walls up. And it resulted in an inability for them to trust people. It can result in fear of rejection. Now, some people, man, they, could, they should be like up out getting married. You know? But some people, they just... Some men of God, they don't, they don't make that move because they're, they're afraid of rejection. Because maybe some ex-girlfriend at one point, they abandoned him. Or, I mean, can you imagine the damage if you like, I mean, these crazy stories of like being at a wedding and a bride or a groom getting dissed at the altar? Oh, that is jacked up. That is, that is Satan. <laughs> That's not the person just getting cold feet. That's Satan trying to destroy that person's potential and purpose. Abandonment. Some people, it will result in addictions, loneliness, suspicion, shame, all kinds of destructive sets of behavior that, that, that disables a person's ability to foster healthy and loving relationships around them. And you know what? When you can't foster healthy and loving relationships around you, you can't fulfill God's plans and purposes for your life. Because when it comes down to it, the plans and purposes God has for your life are interconnected with other people's plans and purposes. And if you can't learn how to get along with everybody and learn how to love on people and learn how to trust people, if you can't, if you can't deal with the uh, other uh, future abandonment and betrayal, whatever, you don't know how to deal with them, forgive and keep moving on, you're going to miss out on your assignment. That's what Satan does. He brings abandonment in so that you miss out on the joy of healthy, loving relationships. You know, abandonment is a weapon that Satan forms against God's people. And whether you're ready or not, whether you're Christian or whether you're not even a Christian at all yet, Satan uses this weapon to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, that's what 
That's what the devil does. That's what the thief does. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But he said, I came that they may have life. Hallelujah. But Satan uses this weapon of abandonment to keep you from your potential and your purpose. To keep you from God's love. You know, sometimes some people are afraid that God's going to abandon them. So they never fully trust God. Hey, this is God. Come on, he's, his love is great. You sing about it. Why aren't you surrendering your whole heart and just trusting him with every detail of your life? Why can't you trust the Lord? Well, what if he abandons me? Where did you get that from? Well, when I was a kid, my dad abandoned me. When I was growing up, my grandparents abandoned me. When I was getting married, my, 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 my wife abandoned me at the altar. That's messed up, man. I can understand. I can understand why you're relating that to God. And there's, there are people that through this weapon, they can't trust God. They can't, they keeps them from God's love. It also keeps them from other relationships. It, 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 it destroys even current relationships and friendships. You know, you get abandoned by one person and that person can end up just, just like not trusting all the rest of the people that are around them that have done nothing wrong. And Satan is just using this weapon to destroy. It's devastating. But praise the Lord. Because God tells us in His Word, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. The Word of God says our fight is not against flesh and blood. But it's against principalities, powers, Against rulers of darkness and spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavens. In other words, our fight is against Satan and his demonic spirits. They have declared war on God's people. You look on in the book of Revelation. Satan was given that authority to make war on Jesus' offspring. And we are, we are his offspring. We are his, the church. And Satan has declared war on us. And our fight your fight is not against the coworker that abandoned you. Your fight, you know, don't like, don't get all angry and, and unforgiving toward them. That's not the problem. The problem, the, the root of what's happening there is a weapon that's being formed against you. And if you just only see it on that level, it's already defeated you. You got to be able to look behind and see what is at work there. Our fight is not against flesh and blood. It's against demonic spirits. And not only that, the Word of God says that Satan has weapons, but we also have weapons. Amen? Amen. Oh, we got some weapons. Amen. Yeah. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 and 4. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not wage war according to the flesh. And the word flesh just means in the natural. We do not wage war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare, hallelujah, are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Hallelujah. You know, when Satan throws the weapon of abandonment at people, they not only get hurt and damaged for that season in their life, but Satan works hard to not only damage them for that season, but to damage them for a lifetime. You know how he does it for a lifetime? He creates a stronghold in your life. He takes one incident and makes you suffer again and again and again. By creating a stronghold in your life. But the word of God is telling us. We got weapons. 
And our weapons are mighty to pull down strongholds. Somebody believe that in here. Say amen. amen. And so let me talk about some of our weapons that we can use to counteract the weapon of abandonment that Satan uses against us. Um, number one, if you experience abandonment in your life, here's a very practical weapon. Ask God to bring Timothy's, Mark's, Luke's into your like people that you can trust. Ask God to send two, three friends that you can really trust. And do not be afraid when you start to see them come into your life. Don't be afraid to trust them. Okay, Very practical. If you've ever been abandoned, the answer is not to never trust again. The answer is to just trust with discernment. And if you will pray specifically into this prayer, whether that friend stays you for 10 years or stays with you for just a couple months or whatever, God will send people into your life that you can genuinely trust. Okay, And so... The way to deal with the hurt and damage of abandonment is to trust again. I know it sounds counterintuitive, but it is the answer for the damage of abandonment is to trust again. But to trust with discernment. Uh, Deuteronomy 31.6 is a weapon that you should take and put it under your arsenal. Deuteronomy 31.6. It says... Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Hallelujah. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Satan whispers, oh, come on. If your daddy left you, what, 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 what makes you think God won't leave you? Look at, look at your situations. God ain't with you. God ain't with you. He abandoned you. Look at you. You're on your own. All by myself. And you know, whatever Celine Dion songs playing in the background. And you're like, yeah. You get all self-pity. Oh, no one, I'm so lonely. Oh, so lonely. I'm so lonely. Don't do that to yourself. Don't do that. You hold to Deuteronomy 31.6. He will never leave you nor forsake you. You be strong and courageous. Joshua 1.5 says the same thing. No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. The anchor for your ability to trust again needs to be in the truth and promise that God will never leave you. Because of your relationship with God, that He will never abandon you, you can have faith and just trust others again, love others again. And let's say, well, what if I get hurt again? What if I get abandoned again? All right, let's say you get abandoned again. Well, you forgive and you trust again. You know, the wisdom of you not trusting again is you will never be hurt again. But the foolishness of you never trusting again is you will miss out on a whole whole spectrum of rich relationships that God has destined and appointed for you so that you can fulfill your assignment and that you could have joy 
while you fulfill those assignments. Yeah, maybe it's very wise for you never to trust again. But it's also quite foolish. You know, some people, they got abandoned when they were very young. They experienced abandonment when they were very young. And you know what? No child should ever be abandoned. It's devastating. I mean, for adults, it's devastating. But for a child, man, it just does damage that looks like it cannot be undone. And some people, they their lives are clearly... Uh, been very damaged because of the abandonment that they experienced as a child, you know. And uh, you know, we have a lot of adoptees that are at, at New Philadelphia, and um, a lot of uh, Korean adoptees that come back to Korea. They try to find their uh, biological parents. Not all of them, but a lot of them end up doing. It. I'd say probably like ninety-five percent of them end up trying to find their biological parents. And the wonderful thing about Korea is they got all the records. They'll tell you, we don't have no records. But you go back about the fifth or sixth time, that they'll find it. Okay, Korea's got all the records, by the way. They, they don't throw that away unless there's some fire and burn up the house. Even if they did that, they have like coffee somewhere else. They got the records. And a lot of the people, they're able to be, they'll find success in finding their biologic parents. And one of the itching central questions an adoptee has when they meet their biological parents is, why'd you leave me? And if they just get a logical answer, oh, we didn't have no money, they're, they're at peace. But they need to know, why did you abandon me? I grew up in the middle of Colorado. <laughs> I, I, didn't even, I didn't even know I was Asian until I was 14. And somebody said, you're not white. <laughs> I had to go through so many identity issues. My life was, was just so hard. Why did you abandon me? And 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 uh, and yeah, I mean it's it's very damaging when a child gets abandoned. And maybe some of you in here you don't even know your father, or you know him but you don't know him, or maybe both your parents just never seem to care. And you, you've, you've been dealing with that abandonment in your heart. And the Word of God says in Psalm 27, verse 10, For my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. For my mother and father have abandoned me. They've forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. The Word of God tells us that God is a father to the fatherless. He loves you so much. He is... He loves you so much and... You know what God wants to do? The damage done by the weapon that Satan set up to destroy your purpose, to keep you from your identity, 
that weapon of abandonment, whatever Satan has done to oppress you with that weapon, Jesus, the Word of God says, appeared to destroy the works of the devil. 1 John 3.8 It's another great Bible memory verse. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. You might be like, well, I, I don't know if he can. I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can get better from this. I don't know if I can. I forgot. I forgot to change my past. I don't know if I can get healed from this. There's a lot of damage been done. I can't undo that. How, how, how am I supposed to come out of this? Look, Jesus is Lord over all. He ain't just Lord of your present or your future. He's also Lord over your past. You make him the Lord over your past. He'll heal you from all your d- damage, all the wounds. He'll heal you. He'll heal you and restore you and destroy all the works of the devil in your life and set up the stronghold of God. Where he is your strong tower. He is your anchor. But let me tell you something. How did Jesus destroy the works of the devil? How did he destroy the works of the devil? Did he come down to earth and say, Hey, Satan, there you are. Let me kick you in the face and throw you on the ground. Jiu-Jitsu style. Yeah. Go, Jesus. Like, how did Jesus destroy the works of the devil? Let me bring you back. Sometimes, some people who've been through such devastating abandonment, they always feel very alone because they feel like nobody can really understand what they've been through. And the reason why they don't really let people into deep places of their heart is because they really just feel like no one really can understand or have true compassion for what I really went through because I went through some, some horrible stuff. Abandonment. Well, let me tell you about somebody that experienced abandonment. On the night before Jesus was crucified. The Apostle Peter said, Jesus, I'll never leave you. I'm going to stick by you no matter what. And Jesus said, I'll tell you the truth. Before the rooster crows, you're going to deny me three times. And Peter's like, no, I'll never leave you. A few hours later, when the Jewish leaders came, with Judas, all of the disciples abandoned Jesus. I mean, they didn't have to do that. Like one or two of them could have stuck around and gotten arrested with him. But nope, they all disbanded. They all disbanded. Jesus experienced abandonment by his closest friends. But you know what? That's, you know what other abandonment Jesus experienced when he was on the cross. Jesus said something very interesting. He said, "Elay, elay, lama sabatani." I don't even know if I said that right, but something like that. "Elay, elay, lama sabatani." You know what that means? That's translated. It means, "My God, my God, why have you forsaken me?" And if you don't have your theology straight, you would just think, oh, well, I guess, you know, I guess Jesus felt just 
like a failure. He felt like God abandoned him. But you know what? The truth of the matter is, the father did abandon Jesus. That's why Jesus felt what he felt. Holy Spirit, Father, and Jesus was crucified, abandoned upon the cross. How did Jesus destroy the works of the devil? I'll tell you right now. He was abandoned, forsaken, so that you can be accepted. He went to the cross to destroy the works of the devil of abandonment in your life. So although you feel like you need your own defense mechanism to keep people from ever hurting you again, Jesus says, you don't have to do that. I already went to the cross to destroy that work in your life. You can trust again. And even if you get hurt again, you can forgive again. But don't live life oppressed under the work of the enemy. The damage from this abandonment is the work of the enemy. And I went to the cross to destroy all of his effects. Brothers and sisters, the cross is what enables us to say, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Whether that weapon was formed against you when you were a child or whether you experienced abandonment more recently, I'll tell you right now, don't let that prosper any longer. Jesus went to the cross to destroy its effects so that you can live free, so you can feel love and love others. So you can experience the richness of his love and then give that love away to others. Hallelujah. I want us to pray right now. I want everyone to close your eyes. I just want to ask if there's anyone in this room. You know, we're here in King Bar, right? But if there's anyone in this room, because this is not a bar right now. This is a church. This is a temple where God dwells right now. He's, he's here, right here. And you know what? You can hash it out and deal with these issues in front of a psychiatrist and pay thousands of dollars. Or guess what? You can get healed for free in the house of God. I don't know about you, but practically, psh, I'd rather take what's free. But look, check this out. If you have ever experienced abandonment in your life, And you see how it's been affecting you negatively. And you want to be, you want all that work of the devil to be completely destroyed off your life. I want you to stand up from where you are. Stand up from where you are. And I want to just pray for people that stand up in that way. All right, hallelujah. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. You just close your eyes, keep your eyes closed. But if that's you, I want you to stand up. You see the negative effects of your parents' abandonment or of your daddy's abandonment or of, of a coworker, or a best friend or even a spouse. Maybe you're divorced because you are abandoned by the person that you had given your heart to and you committed and covenant to and he broke that covenant or she broke that covenant.
and the damage of that abandonment, that weapon has been continuing to fester in your life. And today you want to stand and say, Lord, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. I don't want to see this continue to prosper and damage me any longer. I want to be free. I want to be healed. If that's you, I want you to stand to your feet. I want you to stand to your feet. I'm going to ask some of the uh, ET1 church plant members. I want you to come to the front. I'm going to help pray for people.